but uh, we have ceased a long time ago here at Grace Church to just build a whole service around the holiday occasion with maybe the exception of Christmas. And um, we want to do the will of God. We want to preach the word of God here today. And I know you all have plans, but I would like for us to keep priority. And I believe uh, uh, there's a photo booth out on the portico pulled in. And uh, Blake and Andre took care of that this morning. Thank you all very much for that. So feel free to take some pictures uh, in the next couple hours after we're done preaching here today. I heard somebody laughing. Uh, what's funny? I, I didn't get the joke. I'm kidding. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both in my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you trespass, I will scatter, scatter you abroad of the nations, among the nations. But if you turn to me, but if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. The last sentence of this verse is what will be my sermon title today, For I Was. Everybody say, For I Was. He didn't say, For I Am, or I'm going to be. He said, I Was. The King's Cupbearer. I'm going to give up all of my status my title, my position, 
and I'm going to transform myself from being a king's cupbearer to a wall builder. I want to preach for you for a little while today. I was the king's cupbearer. Everybody say thank God for the word. Thank you for being so patient and standing, and you may be seated. <clears throat> Let others exist in abject apathy. Let others live within the constricting confines of complacency. Let others ruin in the shallow religiosity. But there are those among us today who will not hold their peace. Hand claps, dancing, shouting, their voice for some, for something got a hold of them and changed them. And they are different because of his doings and because of his works in their life. The experience we have had with God are real enough that we know we must lift our voice, we must arise from our seat of security, our couch of carelessness, and our lounge of laziness. And I believe Grace Church is doing that. Brother Dave mentioned a moment ago about us giving you so many opportunities to pray. Every Monday night we have prayer uh, Tuesday morning, one night a month, we'll have it on Tuesday night. We have men's prayer once a month on Saturday, and people are responding. The past Tuesday, the past two Tuesdays here at Grace Church, there's been, I understand, between 35 and 40 people are gathering now and seeking the face of God, and it's working. There's not a greater priority that we have today than to pray. We must pray and seek the Lord, and everybody said amen. And I'm thankful that you're praying. I'm thankful you're praying. Thank the Lord. For 40 years, a carnal, corrupted, and calloused King Saul never concerned himself about the presence of God residing in Israel. But no sooner than David had been crowned king that he began trading in his scepter for a sword shouting, where is the ark of God? And I hear that sound emanating from Grace Church. It's not that God isn't here. I'm not trying to insinuate that. I just think all of us would like to have a little more of him, get a little closer to him, be a little in closer contact, to be a little more sensitive to his presence, and to have the voice of God speak in our ear and say, if I'm with you, there's not a battle you can't win. There's not a foe you can't conquer. There's nothing you can't accomplish if I'm with you. For with men, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Clap your hands again. Hallelujah. A calling from God will change a shepherd into a king. I can see Mordecai anxiously pacing the floor before the young and beautiful Queen Esther, saying to her, Don't think you'll escape, Esther, when Haman unsheathes his sword of slaughter. It's time for you to do something. And who knows if you've not been brought to the kingdom for just such a time as this. 
No, Esther, not because you're talented, not because of your traits, not because of your family name, not because of your beauty, but God has called you to this moment. And if you'll stand tiptoed and broad-shouldered and put your chin in the air, God will not just accomplish something for you or your family, but he'll save the entire kingdom of Israel. I long today for the ark of God. I long today to stand in the presence of God and I'm tired of just being a cup bearer. I just don't want to come and serve in mediocrity but I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. I want to count for the kingdom. I want to be a wall builder. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. The call of God can change a common teenage girl into a queen whether it be by casual conversation and expedited dispatch, the message came to Nehemiah that we just read to you that the walls in the city of Jerusalem had been laid in ruins. When the king noticed the distress of his heart, he inquired of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah had no other prerogative but to answer truthfully. He said in verse 3, Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are consumed in fire. There's something rolling on the inside of me and it has been for weeks. Number one, we must work while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. Listen to pastor today. But there's something on the inside of me that's calling me, that's stirring me. God is saying, if I can find a man, if I can find a woman, I can rebuild, I can rebuild my kingdom in the hearts and lives of people. Would you clap your hands again? So despite the very real possibility of Nehemiah at least losing his notable position and at worst losing his life, he made known unto the king his burden. Is there anyone here today whose countenance is just a little saddened when baptismal waters are not trouble? Is there anybody here today whose countenance is just a little saddened, whose heart becomes heavy when altars are barren? whose spirit is troubled when they see a spiritual decay in our community, whose soul is smitten when you witness the reproach of sin that is imprisoned today's society. Is anyone bothered when you see us absolutely eaten up with concern when the services are dead, dull, and boring? If that is you, then you are the warrior that God wants to use to bring back the ark of His presence back into the sanctuary like we've never seen it before. You can sit and look awkward me if you want to on Father's Day. I celebrate our fathers, but I'm more here today to celebrate a cause and a purpose, and it's called the kingdom of God. And oh, God, help us today if our world, if our country, if our city has ever needed an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's right now. It's today. And if it's going to happen, the church must be that vehicle. God's kingdom was in affliction and reproach. Jerusalem was in reproach. 
because the walls were down. It was the walls that, did, that caused Israel to retain their distinctiveness. It was the walls that protected God's people from pagan practices and, and, and lewd and promiscuous culture. Reproach is to be disgraced by betrothal. Too many see the existence of walls as unnecessary restriction, as constricting bondage, but it is the walls that God has put around us that causes us to retain our distinction and our godly identity. It doesn't mean that it's not accessible. It doesn't mean that you can't come and go, but it's a preservative of God's kingdom on this planet and I need somebody that's tired of just being the status quo Christian somebody that's weary with just going through the motion of just being a cupbearer, but somebody wants to be a rebuilder a wall builder to make a difference to make an impact in the kingdom of God hallelujah Once Israel lost its walls, they were disgraced by unholy yokes and unsanctified marriages until they lost their identity completely. Can't happen to the church, folks. It can't. It can't. And yes, it's happening in some areas, but God help us if it ever happens here at Grace Church. I believe in this hour there's going to be a restoration of righteousness. I believe there's going to be a restoration of the fear of God and apostolic ministry and apostolic authority, apostolic power, apostolic hunger. God isn't weak. God's not afraid. God's not intimidated by what's going on in our world right now. He's not. No, He's not. What He needs is an Esther, a Nehemiah, a David, somebody that will say, I'm going to stand flat-footed on what the Word of God says and I'm going to make a difference in the lives of people. Today is the time for somebody to leave this service and testify. When I got to Grace Church today, I was a cupbearer. But upon leaving, I'm a wall builder. Excuse me today, but some may say I used to be lazy, depressed, in and out of church, up and down, the unfaithful saint, the bad husband, the bad wife. I used to just be the king's cupbearer, but now I'm leaving. I'm leaving determined to be a wall builder. Some may ask, well, how do I get to this point? I'm glad you asked that question. The first step... And I'm going to be as short and as brief as I can today because God's talking to somebody right now. But I believe somebody here today needs a little dissatisfaction with the present. And I believe I'm talking to a room full of people that's just a little bit sick and tired of the way our world is going. And I I don't need to stand here today and get into all the political issues and all that kind of stuff between parties and this and that. I don't need to do that. I believe all of us can look at media for a few days and and look at your social media for a few days and you can tell our country's been split in all kind of directions and so is our world. I think somebody here today needs to get just a little dissatisfied with all that. Nehemiah said, they said to me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach and the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the gates are burned with fire and he said when I heard it I wept 
I'm looking for an Old Testament Rachel today. When is the last time you got on your face before God and cried with all your heart, give me children lest I die. God, bring a revival to this church lest I die. God, grow my Sunday school class lest I die. God, revive my ministry, my burden, my passion lest I die. Or have you just accepted your circumstances and resigned yourself to a barren womb? Not me! Not pastor. I thank God for what he's done in this church for the past number of years. But we're not done yet by a long shot. God wants to rapture a church out of this city. And the bigger it is, the more he'll like it. We have to understand that people need the gospel. Let me move on, media booth. Not only must we need to be a little dissatisfied with the status quo, but we need a hunger to pray and to fast. I want to thank you again. Those of you especially that showing up for Tuesday morning prayer several weeks ago, I just kind of handpicked when we were under the no more than 10 can gather thing. I kind of handpicked 10 men. They walked in the door. They were ready to pray. They were ready to talk to God. And we did that night the following week. I did the same thing with our ladies. Sister Patricia Turner, I could still hear it in my ear. She walked through those doors with just eight or nine people here and she just started shouting as loud as she could praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah it's great to be in the house of God it's great to come and pray and I thought my God if that could get a hold of me if that could get a hold of all of us today where we have a hunger to come and pray and seek the face of God we would see God do amazing things Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. If my people, God spoke to Solomon, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Charles Finney said, we've heard enough. We've had enough instruction until we're hardened, he said. It's now time for us to pray. Media booth, thank thank you, but keep following me. Number three. I've got eight of these to cover, and I'm not going to have time. Number three, we've got to have a willingness to repent. Not necessarily because we've sinned. It's repentance because we need to change. Is that fair? You say, well, Pastor, what more can I do? I don't know. Talk to God about it. He'll find something. I've never known of God to turn anybody down and say, no, you're doing fine. Just stay where you're at and what you're doing. I say, you're all, you're all good. I've never known of God to do that with anybody. He's never done it with me. Nehemiah said, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee both I and my father's house have sinned Jesus wrote to the church, to the seven churches of Asia he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith to the church that the spirit says to the church five out of seven five out of seven of them he begins by saying repent to Ephesus Pergamus Thyatira Sardis Laodicea 
to all of them for various reasons. He said to repent. I believe a move of God starts in any church when a church is willing to get on their face before God and just with a desire and hunger and dissatisfaction from the world and say, God, change me. Let me see it the way you see it. Let me feel it. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me feel it the way you feel it. Let me be touched the way you want to touch people. Let me minister to somebody so that I may make an impact on somebody. Nehemiah agreed. As God spoke to him, if you will turn unto me and keep my commandments, God said. It's a return to the word of God. I'm looking for somebody here this morning. It's interesting, just over the past several weeks, I've had a number of people that's talked to me about Bible study. I've gone for two or three years and nobody's asked me about a Bible study. And I, I've mentioned it to a number of people and nobody's biting on it. But since all of this stuff has happened, I believe it's caused an awareness to spring up in the lives of people where they have a hunger for the Word of God. Television news ain't doing it no more. And what the newspaper says isn't doing it no more. And the self-help books aren't doing it anymore. I need something with more substance, more promise, more value, something that'll change my life, something that'll take me from here to heaven. So would you break open the Word of life and teach me what thus saith the Word of God. If we will return to the word of God. God told Nehemiah, if you'll return to the word of God, even the sheep that have been scattered to the uttermost part of the heavens, I will bring them unto a place that I have chosen to set my name there. And as much, I just felt a little nudge in the Holy Ghost. You just feel that little nudge sometimes when you're preaching as much as God is bringing the Jews back to Israel to continue to reestablish that nation and to get them set up for the Messiah to return. I believe God is bringing people back to the church. I believe we're going to see an influx of backsliders and lost people off the street. I believe God's going to do it. I'm not, I'm not here to beat my gums here today. I'm preaching the word of God. God gave Nehemiah some things to say and some things to pray and he did it and it worked and if we'll do it it'll work. I dare say today there's people here this morning that three months ago would have never dreamed you'd be here today but something has happened and I'm going to tell you what's happening. There's people from coast to coast, north to south that are praying every day, every week every hour of every day for God to pour out his spirit and we're beginning to see a move of God everywhere and I want it to happen here at Grace Church. I prayed, Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. We have to return to a fear of the Lord. Somebody told me something this past week that just thrust a spear through my heart. I shared it with my family last night. Somebody saw one of the protesters somewhere carrying a poster that said, if Jesus comes again, kill him again. There's an attitude. I preached about it several weeks ago about the spirit of iniquity. There's a spirit running rampant. And it's around our world. It's around our world. And we need to understand today 
that we have to get back to a fear of the Lord, that deep reverence and respect, that deep place of trust and faith to take God at face value. Yes, I started teaching the book of Revelation. I've never taught the book of Revelation my whole entire ministry like I'm doing on Wednesday night. It's a new thing to me, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's a truth. I'm, I'm, and I'm floundering somewhat because of it, because it's, some of it's unfamiliar territory, but there's something driving me on the inside that says, don't laugh at that. It's not just a Hollywood science fiction movie. It's real, my friend. God is going to bring these things to pass and the church has got to take it serious oh yes we do we have to return to a fear of the Lord and take him at his word and live like we believe it happy Father's Day everybody you're hearing from Jesus right now and you ought to be glad your heavenly Father is still interested in your life and your family and your church and your community. Amen. Why don't we all stand and give the Lord some praise? I'm not done. Don't get your hopes up. I'm not feeling. Let's just praise Him. Thank you. We must have a desire to separate ourselves from the life we currently live. Nehemiah said, I was. After that prayer meeting, after he talked to some of his fellow brethren that just arrived to his cushy palace place from Jerusalem, where it was desolate and burned and the people were full of despair. I can't say everything I want to say. Can't say what I want to say. But my heart is so heavy and burdens me. Because I keep hearing reports of literal pastors and churches. They're not going more toward God. They're not going more towards the Word of God. They're going the opposite way. And when I hear that, You know what? There's not a whole lot I can do outside of prayer about these things that I hear. But I can do everything about where I'm at right now. And I don't want to depart further away in some kind of crazy way to make the, more, the church more appealing to multitudes. It makes me want to drive myself more towards the Word of God. And whatever the Word of God says is what we're going to do to the best of our ability and with all of our heart. Hallelujah to God. He said, for I was the king's cupbearer. I had a cushy job in the church. And you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. And some even say I had to do this and I had to do that. God help you if that's your attitude. But Nehemiah, after this grueling experience he had with his brethren from Jerusalem and then after a long heartfelt prayer meeting of sobbing, he said, I cried. I cried and I wept in the presence of God. After a prayer meeting, he just Decided that being a cupbearer, having the cushy, cushy church job, isn't what I want to do anymore. I want to pass, O oh King, and please let me go back to my father's house. 
back to Jerusalem because there's some walls to be rebuilt. There's a church that needs to be rebuilt. Somebody get on going to the same page with Pastor today. We need a revival like we've never seen before. We need a move of God like we've never seen before. I don't want to be just a cupbearer anymore. My position in life, the money I make, the accolades, the achievements ascribed to me, any prestige I have is no longer the reason why I live. Now I want to walk in the purpose that God has for me. Nehemiah, upon completion of these things that I've just mentioned to you, begins to witness the sovereign move of God's Spirit. And God causes the most mighty man on the planet at that time. King Artaxerxes, the most powerful man alive at that time. He had the world at his knees, listens to Nehemiah's burden, and said, you know what? I'm just not going to give you proverbial permission, but I'm going to give you a letter. And you go back and you rebuild your city. You talk about a miracle. I'm not hearing me today. We think it's pretty cool when the local city council, in all due respect, gives us permission to build the fellowship hall over there. But what if the mightiest man in the world, against all the odds, says, you know what? You take that piece of property and you do whatever you want to with it. And I'm going to put it in writing. It's huge. God used a pagan sinful king to even provide the material. Ecclesiastes 8.4 says where the word of a king is there is power. Not only did king send his word and give Nehemiah letters but he provided him with captains and horsemen God is going to speak it. God will declare his word and then he will dispatch the captains and horsemen of the angelic host to carry it through. Nehemiah's next job is not included in the scripture reading. It's later on in Nehemiah chapter 2. But it's amazing to me as much as God sanctioned and answered his prayer, Nehemiah realized there was also something else that needed to happen. He needed to find people that were on board with him and cause them to come into a spirit of unity because he realized their strength in numbers and he needed to have the people unified. The Bible said so they strengthened their hands for this good work. The word strengthened here means to fasten upon and to seize. They just weren't cupbearers anymore, but they seized that burden. They made that vision their possession. They looked at those materials, this is mine, and you're not going to take it away. And by the help of God, we're going to build this wall, whether the devil likes it or not. And it's kind of how I feel right now. We're going to have a church here in Central. We're going we're to impact this community. We already are. God is doing some amazing things, and I'm anticipating what he's going to do in the future. But I'm here to encourage all of us here today that just because a church has had some growth and even success, if you will, doesn't mean we're done. So finally today in conclusion, 
when Nehemiah finally got to Jerusalem with his contingent of people who was in unity with him and behind him, the first thing he did was he reopened the gates of sacrifice. The Bible said the first thing they did was builded the sheep gate and they sanctified it, they set it apart so that we can come here and sacrifice is twofold. You're going to give that choice lamb out of your flock. Yes, you are. You're going to give that dearest possession, but it also means worship. And we're going to open the gate. So the first thing we want to do is sacrifice to the Lord. And then we're going to set out in a tone of worship like Nehemiah had not experienced in years. I can't imagine how that man felt. He had kind of become contented being a cupbearer and I've got access to the most powerful man in the world and I mean my life is protected. I've been chosen. God set me up for this. This has to be the will of God. I mean I have fellow brethren that are slaving out in the field every day and carving out rocks and harvesting crops and all that stuff but look where I'm at. I've got this cushy job. I've got some political prowess here and what have you. But all of that amounted to nothing when he walked in for the first time in years and laid a sacrifice on the altar and began to worship God and was enveloped and consumed by the power and presence of Almighty God. There's people here today, I'm about to explode right now, literally. I don't feel like I can contain myself all throughout this message and even last Sunday. I don't see how some can just sit on the pew and fall through your phone and check social media while church is going on. I don't understand that because we've reopened a gate here at Grace Church and it's a gate that says you can come in no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you can walk into this house as Sister Pat did that night and say, praise the Lord. God, help us today to seize this moment. God, help us today to seize the moment. Everybody stand. Let's praise the Lord today. The sheep gate was the gate the worshiper came through when he brought sacrifice to be placed on the altar. If we are to have apostolic revival, then somebody's going to have to rebuild the sheep gate. Simon Peter told Jesus, we've forsaken all to follow thee. Mary broke the alabaster box and poured all of it. This was a keepsake. It was a family heirloom. She broke it. There was none to take home with her. It had no value anymore when she was done. This priceless family treasure laid in ruins at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because she took advantage of that moment in the presence of God. Jesus told a young aspiring rich lawyer one time, Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. The book of Acts church sold all their possessions and gave it to the work of God. No sooner had Israel restored the sheep gate in Jerusalem they reopened and rebuilt another gate it's kind of funny sounding I get it but it was called the fish gate 
to us. That's the great commandment. Go ye into all the world. If the church will prepare the way to sacrifice, then God said, I'll fill your net so abundantly, you'll have a huge and mammoth gate just to take them all in. We must fortify ourselves. So the question is, will you sacrifice? I want to say on your behalf to God more than we ever have. Will they make an end in the day? This was the enemy. This was a question the enemy was asking. Just give them some time. They'll quit. They'll tire out. They'll get discouraged. But then the enemy of Israel realized, will they ever quit? I don't think they're going to quit. I believe they're determined. And we can't stop them. And that's how I feel right now. I believe the devil tried to shake our country, our world, and our church. But we're still here. Okay. Here's my message. Here it is. I just got past the introduction. Here's my message. Nehemiah. As he began to rebuild those walls, he didn't use new stones hauled in on a real pretty pallet. But he dug into the rubble and got them on burnover stones. They were still black from soot. And he picked one up. Hey, here's brother so-and-so. I remember him from 30 years ago. He used to be a that. He used to be a this. But look at him now. He's a part of the wall again. As God restores revival to the church, He's not going to use those who have espoused new doctrines and new gospels, but He's going to reach down and pick up some stones that have been scorched at times by the fires of opposition and adversity, the soot of weariness, the ash of yesterday's unfulfilled dreams the harshness of bitterness and betrayal, dreams that have been broken. This, all of this will stain the stones of today's work of restoration. But there's nobody here, saith the Lord, that can feel your days of usefulness are over. God reached into the rubble of yesterday. He reached into what used to be a wall of yesterday. And he's found some people who used to be excited about church and ministry and working for God. But something happened. 
hurt, betrayal, bitterness, depression, loneliness. And God is saying, I don't want to rock off of that new, new pile over there. I want to dig into this pile of rubble and take somebody and restore them. Somebody let the Lord have his way right now. God is moving this house. Just like Sanballat, Satan will issue the challenge. Will God revive the burnt stone? My answer is yes. Oh, yes. And in 52 days, 42 different working parties of people restored a 50-foot-high wall with a circumference of four miles at a rate of 504 feet per day. How did they do it? Nehemiah answers it in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. I send out everybody today, I send out to everybody today. Shall I say a fair warning? I don't want to sound threatening. That's not my intent. But the voice of God is speaking right now. That if you want to be a part of God's church, we've reopened the sheep gate. And you're welcome to come and give your sacrifice of praise and worship. It doesn't matter how long you've been in captivity. It doesn't matter how long you've been away. Behold, I say unto thee, hear the voice of God as I speak unto you right now. By the wooing of my spirit and through the pleading of my messenger, I want to remind you of my blood. I remind you of my sacrifice. As you hear my voice in your ear, your days of usefulness are not over with. Your days of profiting the kingdom of God are not behind you. They're still ahead of you. I challenge you today in your heart and what you believe. I challenge you today in your mind and what you know to embrace me again, to take me by the hand and trust the leading of my spirit. For I say unto you that I have guided your steps even until now. Even though your path is taking you through the fire, even though your path is taking you through the flood, my hand still rests on your life. And I seek to have you restored. I desire to have you profitable in my kingdom. Hear my voice and follow the wooing of my spirit and I will add blessing and I will add you to your life like you've not known in the past. Believe in me. Trust in my word again, says the Lord.
So, it sounds to me this morning, somebody has a Father's Day decision to make today. Are you going to take God at face value? Will you trust Him again? Will you love Him again? This is what I want to do here today with all of my might. I honor social distancing and I ask that you do the same. But those that feel a burning on the inside of you, please don't deny it. Please don't push it aside. And only if you feel comfortable to do so, would you gather around the front as they begin to sing. God is reaching into yesterday. He's reaching into the rubble. And He says, I want you. I want you. Come on. Come on. Come on. We've got time. We's got time. The hour's still young here at Grace Church. Would somebody come and talk to the Lord? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, somebody. There's not a better time to get back into the kingdom than now. There's not a better time to work for the Lord than now. Come on, put yesterday in your rearview mirror. It's all about tomorrow. God, I want a move of God in my life. I want a move of God in my family. I want to see marriages healed. I want to see our kids prosper. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody pray. That's right, Grace Church, all across the building. Let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. That's right, let your voice be heard. Yes, Lord, I want you back in my life. I want you in my family. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, somebody. This is your God moment. This is your God moment. Go ahead, talk to the Lord. Go ahead, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. The front of this building is full of people right now that hunger for the Lord. They want more of Him. They want more of Him. Everybody talk to the Lord today.